Welcome to Baking with House of Bread, and I am your host, Sheila McCann. Today we're going to cover English muffins, and it's going to be the sourdough version. It's really more of a subtle sourdough flavor, and these are some breakfast treats. Typically, English muffins are used for breakfast. Most often, you'll hear about them in Eggs Benedict and other breakfast sandwiches, or McDonald's made them pretty famous in their McMuffins. But they did originate in England. They are a yeast leavened product as opposed to like a blueberry muffin or whatever. Those are more like quick breads. So they're usually baking powder or baking soda. Um, whereas these are more bread-like and they're typically sliced horizontally and they're round discs and they're toasted. Now, if you live in the U.S., you likely know the Thomas English muffins. Those are the number one selling English muffins in the U.S., and they're abundantly sold in all the grocery stores. Well, it all started with the Samuel Bath Thomas. So he immigrated from Plymouth, England to New York City in about 1875. And then he opened his own bakery in New York using his mother's recipe and started selling to different hotels and grocery stores. And then he opened another second bakery around from the first bakery, which is still known today as the Muffin House. But sadly to report, the Thomas English muffins were purchased by Bimbo Bakeries. Bimbo Bakeries basically owns about every brand out there, from Nature's Harvest, Sara Lee, Oro Wheat. They're part of a Grupo Bimbo, which is basically the world's largest baking company, and they have operations in 33 countries. Now, I'm not trying to be a snob here, but I'm sure that the original Thomas muffins that were made in 1880s taste nothing like they do now after the mass producers got involved. And that's sort of the typical trajectory is the larger players, they look for like the smaller niche bakeries that are producing something that's selling really well. And then they buy it and then they figure out how they're going to make more money on it. And it's about replacing ingredients or they add in some conditioners, vital weak gluten, etc. And it's all in the name of making more money. Just for kicks, I researched the ingredients on the internet after I wrote that paragraph that I just talked about. And it was kind of interesting because I was right. I already knew I already knew that they were likely going to do something. I mean, even if you look at the nature zone, they're like healthy brand. It's not so much. I mean, really, that's why I think a lot of these baked goods in this world, I mean, people think that, oh, like bread's bad for you or these English muffins, you know, it's not good for you. It's really true <laughs> because most people are eating that mass-produced products. So just to give you an idea of what's in it, okay, calcium propionate. And calcium propionate is the major ingredient in foot powder, right? So they try to prevent athlete's foot powder, which is kind of a mold. So it's the same ingredient. They put it in there. And, and so what it says on the package, it says to preserve freshness. Well, yeah, I guess, I suppose that's true. And then they add zorbic acid. What's the acid about? Well, it basically lowers the pH value of the dough. So a little acid vinegar in the muffins, it basically slows down the growth of molds. 
So anyhow, they can extend the shelf life, right? Or they can also use cheaper flowers. So that's why they have soy um, and they have whey and, and they add vital wheat gluten because they can use a cheaper um, wheat flour because they're taking the super condensed form of gluten and adding it in there. So the higher protein flours cost more money. Anyway, so the bottom line is all of it is designed to save them money and lower the production costs of their products. And it is generally at the expense of your health. Now, enough about those mass producers, because you are listening to this podcast. You're going to make your own English muffins at home. And I can guarantee you they're going to taste great and they're going to be healthy. So when I decide I'm going to try to introduce a new product at House of Bread, what I do is I research. I generally try out about two or three recipes, sometimes more. <laughs> I'm, I'm laughing because uh, we're still working on this vegan, gluten-free banana nut bread. And uh, I'm, almost, oh, I'm about ready to wave the white flag and give up on that one. It turns out like in a blue moon, but we can't consistently get it to turn out. So... So enough about that one. Maybe one day I'll do a podcast on that when we got it all figured out. But the sourdough English muffins are pretty easy. I started with about three recipes and I try to look for stuff that has the ingredients that we have on hand. I mean, English muffins are pretty basic. And then I ordered my rings for making English muffins and I got about two dozen of them. And you can get them on Amazon. Um, And also too, you could just use like a empty tuna can right so you don't have to use the fancy rings but I will tell you that when I was tweaking the recipe I kept tweaking it tweaking and tweaking I got rid of my rings in fact I gave them to my baker what happened was is the higher hydration batters you need the rings to maintain the shape of the dough uh, before you flip it on the griddle well I can tell you this it was a mess (laughs) first we had to pour in the batter in and you couldn't overfill it and then it was seeping underneath the ring. Uh, anyway, so I decided, okay, we're thickening up this batter to make it easier to pour in the rings. And then I decided, well, heck, we're just going to go a little more thicker. And so I added some whole wheat flour. A lot of times what I do is the recipe has sugar in it. I took the sugar out and added honey. And I also took out the milk. So by the time I was done, I realized I pretty much just recreated our sandwich sourdough recipe. And the funny thing is I didn't even realize it at the time, but I, I, I just tend to have the same pattern of, you know, adding some other type of flour, besides white flour, and then using honey as a sweetener. And, and then I generally try to avoid the dairy. It just helps meet people's dietary needs, and it's, it's really not necessary products. And I also go through and figure out how we're going to eliminate some steps. Okay, so I am all about efficiency in production. You know, I do have a retail bakery same time is is I'm not willing to compromise the product and so the mass producers are very time sensitive so they throw in things like enzymes dough conditioners because it reduces the fermentation time so I'm not going to do that though but I do eliminate some other steps like for example oh they had you on a stove top warming up the milk well first of all we don't have a stove top to warm up the milk so that would have to be the microwave but it's it's not necessary. I mean, you don't, if you want to use milk, you can. You can substitute milk rather than the water, but uh, it certainly isn't necessary. Um, and the other thing they have you do in these recipes, they have you rolling out the dough like you would cinnamon rolls and just cutting the 
rings out. Well, there's an easier way to do that. Well, I'm going to start with the recipe and then I'm going to tell you how to form it. Um, and if you want to review episode eight, it's about the sourdough starters. You will need a sourdough starter and you can create your own or you can go to your local local bakery and they'll probably sell you some. I sell a sourdough starter for $4. <laughs> so it's not a moneymaker by any means, but I like to give people a jump on it. And, and the other thing is, is you just hit up one of your friends. There's a lot of people that are making sourdough these days. And, and believe it or not, you can also buy the starter on Amazon. But I'd rather see you buy it from a friend because chances are they have to discard, discard some of the starter for their, from their feeding process. And I get a lot of questions about sourdough starter. I can tell you that it's really not that complicated. So I wouldn't overthink it. I mean, some people think that like it's their baby. <laughs> Like they have to feed and water this thing all the time. No, it's not a baby and it's not a plant either. They think they got to, you know, feed and water their plant too. Nope. These sourdough starters, they can die. Don't get me wrong, but most often they're not dead. People just like, oh, it's got a funny color to it. Oh, it smells this, that, the other thing. Well, if you look at it this way, you can restart it pretty much in a refresh. And so just like 75% of your computer issues are solved by the restart process, same thing with the refresh in your sourdough starter. And if you want to listen to that episode, I think it's seven or eight. can't remember quite uh, for sure. But anyway, the bottom line is that you just take your sourdough starter, throw out half of it, or you can use it in this recipe for sourdough English muffins. And then just add some flour, water, about equal portions. Stir it. Leave it on the counter. See see how it comes to light. You know, you should see some activity there, like bubbles type thing. Um, and then you can put it back in the refrigerator. And you really don't have to feed it on a regular basis unless you're using it. Think of it like maybe a once a week process. Or even if you forget about it, it's back in your refrigerator. And, you know, three weeks later, you're coming back out. Just try the refresh. And I can guarantee you that majority of the time, <laughs> it will come back to life. This recipe is just unbleached white flour, your bread flour, stone ground whole wheat flour, water, sourdough starter, honey, yeast, and salt. Now, if you want to make it a little more sour, you can put the dough in the refrigerator after the first fermentation or the bulk fermentation where the majority of the fermentation happens. And if you put it in the refrigerator, basically it delays the process and allows it to get a little more sour. But you can't really do that beyond a couple days. And then when you want to bake the dough, what you want to do is take out your sourdough dough in the refrigerator and just let it get to room temperature before shaping. And that usually takes a few hours. And so the recipe will yield about three pounds of dough. And it's going to give you enough for about 18 English muffins. Or what you could do is you can make more of a traditional sourdough sandwich loaf and then just make a half dozen English muffins. You know, it's really up to you. Or you can even freeze the dough after the kneading process and the bulk fermentation. Freeze half of it and use the rest later. And I am going to include the recipe in the show notes as well, but I'm going to tell you about it. So it's three-fourths a cup of sourdough starter, one cup of warm water, one package or one tablespoon of an active dry yeast, two tablespoons of honey, 
three cups of unbleached bread flour and one cup of whole wheat flour. And I do prefer the stone ground and the white whole wheat, or sometimes it's called the gold whole wheat flour. But I wouldn't worry about it too much. So if you just got whole wheat flour in the cupboard, you're not even sure what it is. <laughs> just go ahead and use it. It'll be fine because it's three-fourths of cups. Because it's three-fourths of the flour is the white bread flour. So the one cup you use of the wheat flour is not going to matter that much. And if you wanted to use rye flour, you could use rye flour. You could use spelt flour. And so you're pretty much open. And I like the complexities of different flours. And then one tablespoon of salt and any type of salt will work. Basically do your kneading. You knead the dough. Um, and then it's going to sit out on the counter after you're done kneading and getting to that good dough stage. And it's going to be out for about an hour and a half. And then after about an hour and a half, you want to just gently push the dough down and put it on a flat surface. What I would suggest you do is think of it this way. Think of it like a really thick baguette. Okay, so it's going to be, if you use the whole dough, it's going to be, you want it to get it to about four inches wide and about 12 to 14 inches long. And then what you're going to do is I would take it and then I would cut it in half then take each half and cut in a third to yield 18 English muffins. And, if you, and they're going to be about an inch and a half thick and about four inches wide. Now, let's say you want to make them, you know, <laughs> you want to make some crazy big English muffins. That's fine, but I call it the log. The log you roll out, just make it bigger so it's going to be shorter. And instead of four inches wide, it might be five inches wide. Or if you want a little bit smaller English muffins and you want them three inches, then you, your log is going to be more like, you know, 15, 16 inches. So that's up to you. And then you can cut them however thick you want. So I generally, for the bakery, the more traditional type, it's about an inch and a half. Or you could do the more complicated way and you could roll it out like cinnamon rolls to about an inch and a half thick and then just cut the muffin tin with a empty can of tuna or you can go buy the rings. Uh, but like I said, that's extra steps that are really not needed. The end product doesn't benefit from all those extra steps. But if you like doing it, that's fine. And I will admit, they are a little more symmetrical when you use those rings. But no one's really going to care as long as they taste great. And your homemade sourdough English muffins will be delicious. I promise you that. Okay, now you want a spray sheet pan. And we throw down about, oh, about a quarter cup of cornmeal. Put your rounds on top of that and then let it, the dough relax so it rises again about, oh, maybe 20, 30 minutes. And turn your oven on to 350 degrees. And you also want to heat, heat up a flat grill or a cast iron skillet. Or you can just use a regular skillet, right? It doesn't have to be cast iron. Um, you want about a, a pretty hot heat. Not like the hottest, but somewhere between the medium and the hot, the uh, hottest temperature. I like to add butter. I think it tastes better and it also brings out a little bit of a, oh, a little bit more of a crispiness to it. And I like the sprinkling of cornmeal again with the butter. Um, it just has a little more flavor and color to it. Now, let's say you're vegan and you want to skip the butter. By all means, you can. I mean, you can use an oil, a vegetable oil or a olive oil, whatever you prefer. So you put the muffins on the grill until it's lightly brown on the bottom. I mean, it's similar concept of like pancakes, quite frankly. It takes, oh, anywhere from three to five minutes on each side. And you're going to be surprised. It does spring initially 
when the dough hits the grill. So it's, it kind of like jumps up quite quickly from the heat. And it's a little bit trial and error. You'll find the correct temperature to cook your muffins at. Uh, each stovetop is just a little bit different. And so I'm hard to get a good gauge on that. So just think of a higher than medium heat, but not the highest one. And if you find your English muffins are burning too quickly, then turn it down to more of a lower heat, like a medium. And just grill the other side, just flip it, and then you're good. Okay, so now you immediately can bake it. You don't need to make it rest any. Bake it for about, oh, 25, 30 minutes. That is a range. Um, but if your diameter of your English muffins is smaller than four inches, it's going to bake quicker. So if they're less than four inches, I probably would start with 20 minutes. And once again, all ovens are different and they all have hot spots and you can always bake longer. So start with the 20 minute mark and then just go up from there. And then when they're done baking, just put them on a wire rack and let them cool a little bit and you can slice and toast them. And you can also add variations in this recipe. If you wanted to add a little bit of cinnamon and some raisins, um, what I would do with that is I wouldn't add a whole lot of cinnamon. In fact, I would add like a tablespoon of cinnamon to the flour first. Um, and then the raisins, I, I would add about a cup of raisins. Or you could do something a little more like uh, uh, some orange zest, like a zest out of one orange, and maybe substitute a little bit of the water for orange juice that is warm, and add some dried cranberries. And if you're going to do that, what I prefer to see is to take the dried cranberries and throw them in the um, orange juice. because they, Or if you're not going to use orange juice, you can just use water but they hydrate a little bit better from that and the flavor comes out. And the same thing with the raisins. If you hydrate them, they'll help. And, um, and then throw them in at the very end. I like those getting thrown at the end. I don't like to put them with the flour because it tends to absorb the flour and you can't really get that flour off of the cranberry then later on. And I am going to include a link in the show notes to my sourdough baking class. That will cover the dough. And you certainly don't need it, especially if you're more of an experienced home baker. It's a fairly simple, straightforward recipe. Um, but if you are struggling, I would suggest downloading the class. It's comprehensive. It's about an hour long, and it's $9.95. And it's be yours to keep and refresh as much as you'd like. And there's a lot of great videos out there on YouTube that are explain a lot of the as different aspects of bread baking. And some are good, but a lot of them are, quite frankly, very bad. <laughs> and it's really bad video quality as well. So I did pay a professional videographer to come in and just basically film a baking class. So that's what you get. And it will be 100% guarantee. If you don't like any of it, then I will give you your money back. And that's the policy at House of Bread for everything. So if you buy whatever, it's... 100% guaranteed. Uh, you know, we want happy customers. And so if for some reason that they're not real happy with the product, then by all means, we refund it. And I also, in the bakery, if you bring back a loaf for whatever reason, because we have, you know, bakers are human. We make mistakes, whatever. And the quality got slipped out from underneath us and something was wrong. We give your money back. And we give you the product because if you think of it this way to make a person whole, they had to, you know, get in their car and drive back to the bakery and take back a product that they were not happy about. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is how you stay in business. Not only is it more fun to 
operate a business where you truly are meeting the needs of your customers um, and trying to delight them the best you can. But that's also how you stay in business long term. You know, if you're trying to make a quick buck here and there, that's all it is. It's going to be quick. And then by time is said and done, people, people recognize it. I mean, we all know businesses that are just kind of trying to keep making us money, um, money and money all the time off of us. So if you would like to connect with me further, I will leave some links in the show notes you know, or learn more about House of Bread. And I did pull a couple of links up about the Thomas English muffins and where they originated and also to the English, original English muffins for those people that are into the history of these baked goods. And I appreciate you taking the time out of your busy day and listening. I always welcome any and all feedback. Happy baking, everybody.